0: From Rheumatology Republic, I'm Wendy John. This is In Conversation Podcast. This past weekend, many of you had an excellent catch-up at the ARA Annual Scientific Meeting. It was a hybrid event in person and online with satellite hubs in Perth, Adelaide, Hobart, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Auckland. Rheumatology Republic was there too and we've captured some of the spirit of the conference with a spectrum of mini interviews with face-to-face participants at the Sydney Hub. The most common comment from attendees was what you'd expect after the raft of lockdowns, border closures and isolation. So nice to see everybody again.
1: It's been excellent, I think it's been a long time coming and very glad that we're doing it again and hopefully long may it stay.
2: It's just been really lovely to see everyone face-to-face again after so long.
0: But beyond the excellent networking, freshly made coffee and chocolate eclairs, the ARA 2022 was first and foremost a scientific meeting. I spoke with a few of the session chairs following presentations. First of all, Professor Paul Bird spoke about the future of JAK inhibitors.
3: I think the JAK inhibitors have come under a cloud because of the recent safety data that was released. So all of us are a bit confused. We know these drugs are really effective. But now we're concerned about safety and obviously we don't want to do harm to our patients. So I thought this would be a really good presentation to do to show people the data in detail, show how they behave in the real world and get them thinking about how they stratify therapy in their patients. So don't abandon the class because it could be actually, well it is, and will continue to be something that's very effective for our patients, but it's getting people thinking. Hmm.
0: What has been challenging for you in that whole debate recently?
3: Uh, it's, it's talking to patients and conveying risk. I think it's the biggest thing, the data's there, so we have to, you know, patients will come in on that medication and you've got to convey the risk to them. And that's really hard. If COVID taught us anything, conveying risk is the hardest thing we do. And most people are, unless they've done their own research, it's really hard for them to make a decision on the spot.
0: Any advice for your fellow rheumatologists?
3: Uh, work on the data. Uh, if you're concerned, switch them. If you're, uh, discussed the risk with the patient, and you feel the person is at low risk I think at the moment the data tells us continue but monitor carefully
0: that's great thank you and how are you enjoying being back face to face
3: all look it's great but I can't wait when we're all face to face again next year it is a bit you know I can't wait to see all my colleagues from Melbourne Brisbane Adelaide Perth Hobart yeah in the future
4: quick
0: chat with Dr Mona Marabani who chaired a session on sleep disorders, and asked her what had she found most interesting so far in the conference.
2: For example, platelet-rich plasma and our interventions for low back pain, lots of which don't don't work and may be harmful. So I think that was a real highlight for me to think about those things that go on a lot in practice and try to think of strategies to explain to patients why that's not the way to go. And other than that, the COVID session all was very topical, particularly for our patients. We worry a lot in our immunosuppressed patients what we should be doing. So that was a very helpful session and I very much enjoyed hearing Michael Irwin talk about sleep and inflammation, which I think is an area which we need to
0: keep a watch on over the next few years. Is there anything differently that you will be able to do in your practice with regards to sleep as a result of that session? Well, as I
2: said, I always take a sleep history, but now I can really talk to patients about non-drug options that might make a difference to restoring their sleep and reducing their inflammation. Things like cognitive behavioural therapy, mindfulness, Tai Chi, which has been very popular in the management of arthritis for... 20 odd years um, and that was pioneered by a group led by Professor John Edmonds who subsequently retired. So we have a lot of experience with, with that in uh, in Australia. Time for a bit of a revival about the non-drug options to help with sleep.
0: Physiotherapist Matt Jennings led the rip update.
5: So my name is Matt Jennings. I'm the Director of Allied Health at Liverpool Hospital and a Physiotherapy Director in South Sydney.
0: So can you give us a rundown on that session that you've just emceed and what were the key points for you?
5: So it was a really interesting session. There was a whole range of um, different conditions that were exposed. There was some implementation research around trying to change imaging in primary care. There was some emergency care setting um Sort of studies that we're looking at, both culturally and linguistically diverse populations, as well as um, imaging and opiate use and disparities, and um, all overall, you know, some foot pain and chronic pain um, work that came through as well.
0: And what what stood out for you as being particularly uh, interesting with respect to your practice?
5: I think with respect to my practice, it's the the broader sort of view of a holistic approach, visualise someone's care, um, look at you know, their background and their cultural and um, language differences. You can also see a bit of a move towards multidisciplinary input and how, you know, nursing and physiotherapy and, and other disciplines can support care.
0: How can we do more of that?
5: You know, most rheumatologists are very good at that, so I think rheumatology is probably one of the disciplines that's far ahead. Um, They incorporate pathways to appropriate care where where necessary, they have good um, evidence-based practice and include and, and engage and collaborate very well with Allied Health in particular, but also the nursing colleagues.
0: And then I was able to speak with Professor Lynn March, who chaired the session on consumers in research. Professor March was also awarded the Distinguished Service Medal. Congratulations, Professor March.
6: So we've just had the consumers in research session. It've been an amazing session with three very experienced and very eloquent speakers uh, on their both their lived experience with their chronic musculoskeletal conditions, but also their extensive involvement as consumers and partners uh, in research and advocacy and education. Uh, we heard from Ben Horgan first, and and he talked about. Um, Really the just how to engage consumers in research and and very clear outlines and steps for, for that and and the benefits of, of including the consumer voice uh, and um, and taking it all the way through like right from the beginning to uh, developing the research priorities, uh, conducting the research, and then all the way through to actually helping implement uh, the research findings. And he found that as one of the most critical bits that motivate consumers to get involved, that they could actually uh, be the one, like they don't want to be involved and then see it go nowhere. So he said that's really where they can play a big part to help implement the findings. Uh, there was a question to put to him that he do we call them patients or consumers and uh, first of all he said he didn't like that question he was a bit over that he was a bit over that question uh, but uh, but he made a very very important point is you ask the people that you're actually working with uh, what they feel they would like to be called in that but he also strategically said well if you're applying to a particular uh, government body like in HMRC if they call them consumers then that's what you're going to call them in your grant. So I think that was very practical advice. Uh, uh, Then we heard from Susie May uh, and uh, Susie also has uh, incredible experience uh, as an educator and an advocate uh, for musculoskeletal conditions. In fact, has her own company called Giving Voice. Um, Susie's been extensively involved in state committees. Uh, She's also from uh, Western Australia and uh, has been involved with their local organisation, but now um, is uh, extensively involved with our national Commonwealth Government groups uh, including MSAC, uh, helping uh, work out what the uh, the advisory group for, for what questions to ask on MSAC and our health technology assessment group uh, and, and then also ethics committees for, for grant review bodies. So extensive involvement there, um, also involved in teaching uh, medical students and allied health professionals about uh, lived experience. Uh, but her uh, keynote was about the Living Guidelines Program. So it's a program that's uh, called by um, Anne's our Clinical Trials Group, uh, but also um, it's a part of the Targeted Therapies Alliance with the National Prescribing Service and the ARA, and funded uh, through the the Commonwealth Government um, and developing living guidelines. So she gave a, a very elegant, uh, as as Twitter uh, lots of tweets were going on uh, during the the talk uh, and picking up on what she was saying. Um, incredible benefits of living guidelines themselves in terms of keeping us. All up to date, but also amazing benefits of having the consumer's voice in there to help set the actually what the priority question should be, uh, but also to get it in the right language so that the consumers can understand it and help us with. Um, I shouldn't really touch on it, but we actually have uh, decision aids as well. So to, to translate or transform the numbers, the data into um, infographics and things that, that patients and clinicians can, can use to understand what the, the results are actually mean what what are your benefits and then what are the potential uh, for harms she it it was quite important to hear her take on the challenges as well um, uh, of involving consumers in that sort of process and uh, and the lessons learned so there was a lot of really good key take-home messages there for how we'll do it better next time or how others will be able to to do it better but um, uh, that that was uh, I, I really enjoyed that session Our third speaker was Annie McPherson, and uh, Annie uh, um, has lived experience with ankylosing spondylitis. In fact, she... uh actually founded uh bond Peer Support Group uh, in Victoria and also has had extensive experience now as an advocate and an educator to medical students and uh, Allied Health professionals uh, and now uh, is involved in ANSMUS, so part of the consumer advisory group of ANSMUSK right from the beginning. So she was an inaugural member of that and uh, outlined the process of, of ANSMUSK and how they review the grants, uh, outlined uh, their training and experience quite Amazingly extensive, in terms of what they they've gone through for themselves to understand um, their roles and responsibilities, but also to teach the clinicians uh, and uh, the ansmus community uh, on how, how to do it better and how to um, understand the research and how to again also get the uh, the research uh, implemented, do the right research so that you get the you know a meaningful result, and then are able to um, disseminate that out to the clinicians. And the community so again sort of really outlining the the very sound uh, methodology that goes into those involvements and the importance of getting it right and uh, and what a difference it can make I thought the session was really really important and how we should all be involving consumers that we all learn so much but then they're always the ever present problem of the funding and I think they've developing a consumer registry, I think we definitely should put that on our ARA website so we can find consumers to help us with our research, but also with them banding together, maybe there's a way to advocate for an actual musculoskeletal consumers alliance with all the different organisations and advocate to government to be able to fund those activities that really are very important.
0: There were many rich, thought-provoking conversations happening the entire time. Here are a few snapshots of what caught the attention of some attendees.
4: Hi, I'm Mansi. I'm a physician, scientist and a clinical education lead with AOWA. I'm at the ARA 2022 conference. Absolutely loving it. It's been so great so far, especially the fact that we are so many of us here in person to have that opportunity to reconnect with colleagues and ask questions in real time has been a real joy i've enjoyed all the sessions have there been any key learnings for you from the research that's been presented yes absolutely i think in the morning session dr kevin murray really interests me because i work in the pediatric pain space so it was very interesting for me to hear about all the new developments that are happening and how lupus has significantly rising in the pediatric population so it's interesting to have a clinical person kind of give their inputs into what they actually see when they're seeing patients. And that's very valuable. I really enjoyed that talk. But also the follow-up was from uh, Professor Manuela Ferreira who updated us with what's happening around the world in allied health space. And then we had uh, Professor Rachel Bookbinder from the University of Melbourne. She kind of talked through all the clinical research. So I think it was it was like a masterclass in couple of minutes for us, like, without having to read all those papers, you've got a glimpse of it.
5: My name's Ian Portek. I'm just a suburban rheumatologist. <laughs>
0: and the conference.
5: I think the conference is fantastic. It's great to see my colleagues who I've not seen for a very very long time and the the presentations have been great. Particularly the covid stuff that I saw and and the Lily symposium was really good on sleep. It was excellent and I thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: Well, I found the covid update particularly interesting because it's such a rapidly changing landscape. It's quite hard to keep up. So I've found that very, very valuable. How much are you enjoying being back face to face? Oh, loving it, of course. Like everybody, it's terrific.
2: Rani Sinethere. I thought that the session on COVID updated therapies and the effect of immunosuppression was very relevant and very clear talks. Hi, I'm Shikta, I'm a consultant rheumatologist and it's just been really lovely to see everyone face to face again after so long. and I've really enjoyed, especially the urine review, given I've had some time out of work to have a little baby. And so that's been really great just to get myself back in the game.
1: Noreen Kamalaraj, I'm a staff specialist at Campbelltown Hospital, and I have rooms in Southwest Sydney and Hurstville.
0: What have you found most interesting in the research so far?
1: I Quite enjoyed all the lectures on myositis. We had a talk this morning from Lisa from John Hopkins about um, necrotizing autoimmune myositis. And she gave a very good summary of the conditions and the autoantibodies and the difference in clinical presentations. That was quite a a good detailed summary of all of that.
0: Is there anything that you will be able to apply to your practice or shift the way you're thinking about how you're doing things?
1: Yeah, I think certainly, especially from that talk, just when I do get a patient with a new suspected necrotizing autoimmune myositis, just a thought process in terms of one diagnosis, whether or not a muscle biopsy is actually required, particularly if there is a classical clinical presentation and the corresponding antibodies. Uh, And also just in terms of treatment, considering whether I go with IVIG as monotherapy without steroids, which is probably something different to what I've been doing before.
0: So there you have it. New research, new approaches to undertaking research, new friends and reconnecting with old friends at the ARA Annual Scientific Meeting 2022. I'm Wendy John. Thanks for joining me today for Rheumatology Republic's In Conversation podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can search for us on your favourite podcast player. Do subscribe, leave us a review if you like. If you've got any news tips or just want to chat, you can email me at wendy at medicalrepublic.com.au. In Conversation podcast is a production from the journalists at Rheumatology Republic. Visit rumor.com.au to keep up to date with all the latest news and views in rheumatology. And while you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter or bi-monthly print editions.